Greetings, colleagues. On the docket today, we're delving into the intricate world of arbitration. But fear not, because we're your compass through this legal English maze. Whether you're a seasoned legal pro or just starting your journey, understanding the language is your ticket to success. Imagine confidently discussing arbitration agreements, knowing your arbitrators from your mediators, and navigating the complexities of award enforcement. In this episode, we're your guide to mastering legal English and international arbitration. So if you're ready to elevate your legal knowledge skills and gain a competitive edge in cross-border disputes, stay tuned. By the end, you'll have an A to Z knowledge of key arbitration terms. Let's unlock the secrets of arbitration together. Arbitration A to Z, key terms for lawyers in cross-border disputes. The Four Legal English Podcast is now in session. Welcome to the Four Legal English Podcast. This is the show for lawyers, law students, and other professionals from all over the world who want to improve both their legal English and legal knowledge. In this podcast, we discuss different legal topics, such as law in the news, law in practice, legal writing, legal movies, and other issues. This podcast does not constitute legal advice. If you need legal advice, consult an attorney. You can check out our blog articles, available courses, in the show notes for this episode on our website. That's fours in the number four, legalenglish, no spaces or dashes, dot com. Fourlegalenglish.com. I'm Timothy Barrett, your host. I'm a former practicing attorney from the United States, more recently a law professor in Tbilisi, Georgia, and currently an author and podcast host, among other things. Welcome to another episode of Four Legal English Podcast. I'm your host, Timothy Barrett, a former attorney and professor of law who understands the unique language challenges that lawyers and law students face, especially when dealing with cross-border disputes. In today's episode, we're diving into the world of arbitration, and more specifically, the crucial terminology that surrounds it. Arbitration, in a nutshell, is a process used to resolve disputes outside the traditional court system. It's a common choice in cross-border business cases for its efficiency and flexibility. But mastering the terms and phrases used in arbitration is essential for lawyers working in this field. In the legal world, language is everything. Understanding the terminology related to arbitration will help you communicate effectively, negotiate with confidence, and navigate the intricacies of international disputes. Whether you're a seasoned legal pro looking to brush up on your arbitration vocabulary, or a law student just looking to explore this field, This episode will provide a solid foundation in the essential terminology you need. In the coming sections, we'll delve into the key arbitration terms that you'll likely encounter in your legal practice, study, or research. We'll clarify what they mean, how they're used, and why they matter in the context of cross-border business disputes. So stay with us as we explore the ABCs, or rather the A to Z, of arbitration terminology. After this episode, you'll be better equipped to handle arbitration cases with confidence and precision. Arbitration Agreement 
In our exploration of arbitration terminology, we're now delving into one of the fundamental concepts, the arbitration agreement. An arbitration agreement is like the roadmap for your journey through the arbitration process. It's the agreement where parties decide to resolve their disputes through arbitration rather than litigation, going to the traditional courts. This agreement is at the heart of many cross-border business deals and relationships. So what exactly is an arbitration agreement? Simply put, it's a legally binding contract between parties involved in a dispute. This contract states that instead of taking their grievances to court, the parties will submit their issues to arbitration, typically with the assistance of an arbitrator or a panel of arbitrators. Now, let's highlight some common phrases you'll find in arbitration agreements. When you're reading or drafting these documents, you're likely to encounter terms like binding arbitration, neutral forum, and enforceable award. Understanding these phrases is crucial because they define the terms and conditions under which the arbitration process will take place. They outline the rules of engagement, the choice of arbitrator, the language of proceedings, and much more. Remember, in cross-border disputes, parties from different legal and cultural backgrounds come together. The arbitration agreement helps bridge these gaps by providing a clear framework for dispute resolution. It ensures that everyone is on the same page and that the process moves forward smoothly. In our upcoming sections, we'll continue our journey through the arbitration lexicon, breaking down more terms that you're likely to encounter in the fascinating world of international dispute resolution. Arbitrator. We're venturing further into the arbitration landscape, and now it's time to meet the key players, the arbitrators. So what is an arbitrator, and what role do they play in arbitration proceedings? An arbitrator is an impartial third party appointed to hear and resolve disputes between parties. They serve as the decision maker in an arbitration case, and their primary duty is to ensure a fair and neutral process. Arbitrators are typically experienced professionals, often experts in the field relevant to the dispute. They're like the referees in the world of international dispute resolution, ensuring that the game is played fairly. Now let's introduce some typical phrases associated with arbitrators. You may come across terms like sole arbitrator, panel of arbitrators, arbitrator's impartiality, and arbitrator's fees. Understanding these phrases is vital when navigating the arbitration process. For instance, knowing the difference between a sole arbitrator and a panel of arbitrators helps you comprehend the structure of your arbitration proceeding. The concept of an arbitrator's impartiality underscores the importance of neutrality in arbitration. It ensures that the arbitrator isn't biased or influenced by either party, maintaining the fairness of the process. Just like a judge, an arbitrator should be impartial, not biased. Arbitrator's fees refer to the costs associated with an arbitrator's services. Parties involved in the dispute are typically responsible for covering those fees, and understanding the terms around compensation is essential. As a global lawyer engaging in cross-border disputes, grasping these concepts and terms is vital for effective communication in the world of international arbitration. Stay with us as we journey further into the world of arbitration and to continue to demystify the language of legal English. Award. In our exploration of arbitration terminology, we've now reached a pivotal moment in any arbitration case, the award. But what is an award in arbitration? And why is it such a critical element of the process? 
An award is the final decision or judgment rendered by the arbitrator or arbitral tribunal. It's the culmination of the arbitration proceedings and provides a resolution to the dispute. The significance of an arbitral award cannot be overstated. It carries the weight of a court judgment and is enforceable in many countries through international conventions, like the New York Convention. This enforceability is what makes arbitration a preferred choice in cross-border disputes. Now let's delve into some key terminology associated with arbitration awards. You'll often encounter terms like final award, partial award, binding award, and enforceable award. A final award is just what it sounds like, the ultimate decision that conclusively resolves the entire dispute. A partial award, on the other hand, addresses specific issues within a broader dispute. Both final and partial awards are binding, meaning they are legally binding on the parties involved. This binds the parties to accept and follow the decision, offering a level of certainty that is crucial in dispute resolution. An enforceable award is one that can be enforced in different countries under international treaties. This enforcement mechanism is a significant advantage of arbitration, as it provides a global solution to disputes. Understanding these terms related to arbitration awards is fundamental when participating in international arbitration cases. Enforcement We're continuing our journey through the world of arbitration terminology, and in this section, we focus on the crucial element of enforcement. So what exactly is enforcement in the context of arbitration? Simply put, it's the process of ensuring that the arbitral award is recognized and carried out. The enforceability of an arbitral award is one of the key advantages of arbitration in cross-border disputes. Why is enforcing arbitral awards so important? Arbitration doesn't just end with an award. It's about making sure that the decision reached is effectively executed. This execution can involve the payment of damages, the fulfillment of contractual obligations, or other actions that the award describes. In many cases, an arbitral award is enforceable in numerous countries due to international treaties like the New York Convention. This global enforceability is invaluable, especially when parties to the dispute are in different nations. Now, let's introduce some common terms related to award enforcement. You'll often come across phrases like enforcement proceedings, enforcement order, arbitration clause enforcement, and recognition and enforcement. Enforcement proceedings are the legal actions taken to enforce an arbitral award. These proceedings can involve court actions to ensure that the award is executed as intended. An enforcement order is a court order that authorizes the enforcement of the arbitral award. It's a key document in the process, as it grants the necessary legal authority for enforcement. Sometimes parties may also seek to enforce the arbitration clause itself. This means ensuring that any disputes are resolved through arbitration as agreed upon in the contract. Lastly, recognition and enforcement refer to the process of acknowledging the validity of the arbitral award and taking steps to enforce it. It's the bridge between the award and its actual execution. Understanding these terms related to the enforcement of arbitral awards is essential, as it's often the final stage in the arbitration process, where resolutions become actions. Hello listeners, I have some exciting news for you. There's a brand new book on the block, and it's here to transform your writing skills. Introducing Four Business English Writing Journal, 365 daily prompts for global professionals. Written by myself, Timothy Barrett. 
Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting your journey, this journal is your daily companion on the path to becoming a better writer. It's hot off the press and available on Amazon now. Why should you check it out? Well, imagine crafting persuasive emails, reports, and presentations with confidence. This book is your ticket to career advancement, global communication, and lasting transformation. Ready to become a better writer? Head over to Amazon and search for For Business English Writing Journal. And for more info, tips, and resources, visit the website, either forlegalenglish.com or forbusiness-english.com. And you can check out the books right there. Don't miss out on this opportunity to supercharge your writing skills. Thanks for tuning in, and happy writing. Seat of Arbitration In this section, we'll explore a crucial aspect of arbitration, understanding the significance of the seat of arbitration. So what exactly is this? It's not just a physical location. It plays a central role in determining the legal framework of an arbitration. The seat is where the arbitration is deemed to be located for legal purposes. It affects the procedural law that governs the arbitration, which in turn influences the conduct of the proceedings and the enforceability of the award. Why is the seat so important? Well, the choice of seat determines the legal framework under which the arbitration operates. It's like choosing the jurisdiction under which your dispute will be resolved. This is especially important because we're talking about international arbitration. The two parties of the contract are probably in different countries, but that's not all. It could be that the contract is being executed in a third country, and there may be other countries involved as well. So which country has jurisdiction? Of course, you could rely on the different laws of the countries to resolve that, but we want to plan ahead, and by having this as part of the arbitration clause, we get to choose which jurisdiction applies, which legal framework applies to this arbitration dispute. Of course, different seats may have different arbitration laws and regulations. This choice can significantly impact the course of the arbitration and the rights of the parties involved. Let's introduce some common phrases related to the seat of arbitration. You'll often encounter terms like seat of arbitration, place of arbitration, and lex loci arbitri. The seat of arbitration and place of arbitration essentially refer to the same thing, the location agreed upon by the parties where the arbitration will be conducted. Lex loci arbitri refers to the law of the seat. It's the legal system that governs the arbitration process, including the conduct of hearings, procedural matters, and the recognition and enforcement of awards. Choosing the seat of arbitration is a crucial decision in any arbitration agreement, and parties often do so carefully, considering factors like the neutrality of the jurisdiction and the enforceability of awards. Understanding the role and implications of the seat of arbitration is fundamental when drafting or interpreting arbitration agreements. Institutional arbitration. What is institutional arbitration? Well, it's a bit different from ad hoc arbitration. Institutional arbitration involves arbitration proceedings that are administered by established arbitration institutions. These institutions play a significant role. These institutions play a significant role in facilitating and overseeing the arbitration process. So what's the role of these arbitration institutions? They offer a range of services, including assistance with the appointment of arbitrators, the administration of cases, and setting rules and procedures for the arbitration. 
Parties often choose institutional arbitration because it provides a structured framework for the resolution of disputes. Institutions like the International Chamber of Commerce, ICC, or the London Court of International Arbitration, LCIA, are well-known examples, and there are several others out there. Let's use some other terms that are frequently used. Institutional arbitration simply refers to arbitration that is conducted under the rules and administration of a recognized arbitration institution. Arbitration institution, or arbitral institution, is the organization responsible for administrating arbitration cases, setting rules, and providing support to parties throughout the arbitration process. Administered arbitration describes arbitration proceedings in which the arbitration institution has an active role in managing the case. This can include tasks like appointing arbitrators and facilitating the exchange of documents. Understanding institutional arbitration is essential when deciding on the structure of your arbitration agreement. Mediation. In this section, we're going to delve into a different method of dispute resolution, mediation. Mediation is an alternative to arbitration and often confused with it. However, it's essential to understand the distinction. Mediation is a process where a neutral third party, known as the mediator, helps disputing parties to reach a mutually acceptable solution. Unlike arbitration, where an arbitrator renders a decision, in mediation, the mediator doesn't decide who's right or wrong, but facilitates a discussion between the parties. In other words, an arbitrator is going to make the final decision. The mediator is not. But the mediator might help the parties resolve the issue. I've been involved in several cases where the mediator wasn't able to resolve the entire dispute, but was able to resolve some of the issues. So then when the case went forward, the parties could focus on the remaining issues. Some of those minor issues or, or details were already resolved, so you didn't have to worry about them going forward, which can also be an advantage or a benefit. So let's explore some key mediation terms. Mediation is a structured process in which a neutral mediator assists parties in resolving their disputes. A mediator is a neutral third party responsible for facilitating the mediation process. They guide the communication between the parties and assist in finding common ground. Mediation agreement is a contract that outlines the terms and conditions of the mediation, including the mediator's role and the confidentiality of the process. So how does mediation differ from arbitration? In arbitration, the arbitrator acts as a judge, makes decisions, and renders an award. In mediation, the mediator acts as a facilitator, encouraging parties to find a resolution themselves. Mediation is often chosen for its flexibility, cost-effectiveness, and the potential for preserving relationships. Arbitration, on the other hand, is more similar to litigation, with an arbitrator acting as a decision-maker. It's crucial to recognize these differences when deciding on the most suitable method for resolving a particular dispute. Understanding mediation is vital because it opens up another avenue for resolving cross-border business disputes. Confidentiality The significance of confidentiality in arbitration cannot be overstated. It's a cornerstone of the process. Confidentiality ensures that the details of the dispute, evidence, proceedings, and the award remain private. 
This confidentiality is often one of the reasons parties choose arbitration over litigation, which can be much more public. Let's explore some key confidentiality terms. Confidentiality refers to the principle that arbitration proceedings and awards should be kept private and not disclosed to the public. Non-disclosure agreement, often called NDA, is a contract that further emphasizes the obligation of the parties and any involved third parties to maintain confidentiality. Otherwise, they will have legal liability. If they breach this, they may face legal liability. Confidentiality is crucial because it fosters trust and encourages parties to share sensitive information openly. If they know their discussions won't become public, they're more likely to engage fully in the process. In addition to maintaining trust, confidentiality can be vital in preserving a company's reputation and protecting sensitive business information. By keeping the details of the dispute confidential, parties can ensure that their business strategies, trade secrets, and other valuable data don't become public knowledge. This level of discretion can be especially crucial in cross-border business disputes, where maintaining privacy can be a significant concern. Lots of companies and lots of people don't want to air their dirty laundry in public, so if they can resolve these disputes behind closed doors, it's much preferable. Understanding the role of confidentiality in arbitration helps lawyers and their clients appreciate the benefits of this dispute resolution method. Lexicon words. Here are some words that might be advanced or you might have trouble with. To read more about these words and their definitions, check out the show notes. You can find these at our website, forlegalenglish.com slash podcast, and just look for today's episode. Arbitration agreement. Arbitrator. Arbitral. Award. Confidentiality. Enforcement. Institutional arbitration. Mediation. Panel. Seat of arbitration. Throughout this episode, we've embarked on a journey through the essential lexicon of arbitration. We've explored the most important terms and concepts that global lawyers need to know when navigating the world of cross-border dispute resolution. As we wrap up, it's essential to recognize that understanding these terms isn't just about improving your legal English skills. It's about being a more effective lawyer in cross-border disputes. Being fluent in the lexicon of arbitration isn't just about language. It's about competence in the field. It's about representing your clients effectively, understanding the nuances of dispute resolution, ensuring that you can navigate the complex world of international business disputes with confidence. So I encourage all lawyers to keep building your arbitration vocabulary. Don't hesitate to revisit this episode or the show notes to explore additional resources to deepen your understanding. Cross-border disputes can be intricate, and understanding the terminology and the nuances of arbitration is crucial for achieving the best outcomes for your clients. Whether you're drafting an arbitration agreement, participating in a mediation process, or enforcing an arbitral award, your fluency in these terms and concepts will make a significant difference to your legal practice. What 
questions do you have about today's episode? You can post those questions or any comments on the show notes. This is a great way to practice and improve your legal English skills. You can go to the website for, as in the number four, legalenglish, no spaces or dashes, dot com. For legalenglish.com. You can check out our blog articles and show notes for this episode and check out the episode quizzes. It would be fantastic if you could subscribe and give us a review. If you could leave us five stars and a nice comment, it would really help the algorithm and other people to find our podcast. If you leave a great review, I might even read it on the air. So start writing. The Four Legal English Podcast is adjourned. Don't miss the next docket call. <laughs>